0: No, in a lot of things, <clears throat> I tend to be kind of nitpicky. Now, being nitpicky can be a good thing sometimes. And sometimes it can be one of the most frustrating things ever. Especially when they're worrying about little tiny things that, when you get right down to it, really don't matter. But um, sometimes it can be a good thing. And one of the things that I kind of like to do uh, is watch... Television commercials. Uh, And there's a few reasons for that, but one of them that is of uh, uh, particular interest at the moment is I like to look for the disclaimers. Now, disclaimers are something that they will always put in because they are trying to make you believe something, but then they have to admit that it may not work out that way. You know, disclaimers are, uh, you know, your results may vary. Uh, Results not typical. Uh, Terms and conditions apply. Uh, You should not expect these results. A lot of things, and it's always in little bitty, tiny print somewhere down at the bottom. But um, they're, they're giving you some warning that yes, it may work out for you this way, but then again, it may not. And one of my favorite ones is subject to change without notice. And the reason that's my favorite one is because that's the one you run into the most, because life in general is subject to change without notice. There are a lot of people who have had plans of one kind or another. Uh, Over in James chapter four, James talks about uh, some people who are doing that very thing. In verse 13, he says, "'Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, "'we will go to such and such a city, Spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. James is not saying that it's wrong to make plans. You know, you can make plans, uh, say you have a business partner, and you are wanting to go to a city uh, and start business there. There's nothing wrong with saying, well, this is what we intend to do. We're going to go to this city, we're going to set up shop, and we're going to work there for a year or two and see if we can make a profit. Nothing wrong with that. What James is talking about is people who say, yes, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to allow anything to interfere with it. He says you are being arrogant. Uh, He said, you you have to always bear in mind. And when he says uh, there in verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. He's not saying that this is some kind of a formula, that this is something you have to say every time you're voicing an intention. You know, well, I'm going to do this if the Lord wills. He's not meaning that at all, because after a while, people tend to start doing that out of habit and they don't really think about what they're doing what James is talking about is more a a matter of attitude it's this is what I intend to do but I may not get to circumstances may interfere in one way or another or it's very possible that God may have different plans God may decide it's better for me to go somewhere else do something else the apostle Paul ran into that on more than one occasion he had intentions to do one thing, ended up having to do something else because God had a different plan. And we have to be open to that possibility. Uh, one of the interesting things, uh, at least in my mind, to study is, is the subject of providence. Uh, if you're talking about God being active in the world, he's active either providentially or miraculously. Now, we read about a lot of of God's miraculous intervention in scriptures. Miracles are things that are impossible to ignore. Miracles are things that are obviously of supernatural origin. When you listen to a lot of these so-called faith healers, people like that, you know, well, it was a miracle we healed them. Well, no, that's not actually what it was, because if it was, everybody would know that it was. Uh, You can't can't really just uh, explain away a miracle. It is obviously a supernatural origin. Providence, on the other hand, is when God is acting behind the scenes, so to speak. God is making things go in a certain direction without anybody being aware of the fact that he's doing that. Uh, And and there are times I think that we have to be aware that providence may be active in our lives You know can I say that God has providentially put me in a certain place at a certain time Because there's something he wants me to do there. No, I can't say that. I don't know that Hopefully uh, on the other side of eternity. We'll get to know some of these things But no, I can't say it, but I always have to be open to the possibility that it is This may be something that God wants me to do. I may be where God wants me to be. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm aware that it's a possibility, and I'm open to that possibility. But life is is such a changeable thing, and, and human beings don't like to give up control. We just don't. One of the things that causes people more mental stress than almost anything else is the feeling that they are out of control. Things are happening to me, and I cannot affect them in the least. I I can't make them go here. I can't make them go there. I can't make them stop. I can't make it go faster. I have no control at all over the things that are happening. People get really, really stressed about that. And some of us get a whole lot more stressed than others. But we have to be open to, to the fact that a lot of times we don't have any control or very little control at, 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 at the, the most. But there are so many things that, that people think are, are just really set in concrete. I want it to be this way, it's going to be this way, and nobody's gonna keep me from making it this way. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite uh, parables is in uh, Luke chapter 12, the wise fool, or the uh, rich fool. Uh, if you remember the parable, you have a, a rich man, and all of a sudden, his fields are, are, are giving even more. I mean, he is reaping so much that he doesn't know what to do with it. He says, what am I going to do with it? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build bigger barns. I'll be able to store more away, and I will have enough to last me for who knows how long. Eat, drink, and be merry. Everything's looking good. Until he's told, you fool, tonight your soul is required of you, then who will these things be? Who's going to get them now? You thought you were set for who knows how many years, and all of a sudden you find out, no, you're not. You know, these things happen. Life is a very changeable thing, and and it can change without notice. I mean, you can be going along one day and think everything is great, and the next day, you know, you're in in the the depths of despair. You know, go to Texas and talk to some of the people who went through the the recent tornadoes. We have a, a pretty good memory of that kind of thing going on here. And you have people who one day they have a pretty good life they've got most of what they want nice house nice job nice car the next day it's all gone every bit of it is gone and then some of them are just you know well i'm glad we're all still alive you know they look for the bright the bright spot in the whole thing but it can change so fast uh, and, and a lot of people are especially prone uh, to putting their trust in money money is one of those things it it is necessary uh, for us to live a normal life these days but it can also be a problem Uh, there are a lot of people who think you know I have all the money I need I can do anything I want and there's not anybody that can do that much to me about that But you never know when that might be taken away. You know, if you want to go back to 2008, the uh, financial crisis, you know, there were a lot of people who thought, you know, they had just tons of money. And then the next day, not so much. Go back to 1929, the same thing. You had people who had a lot of paper profits in the stock market, and then in a day or two, no, they don't. It's all gone. They were trusting in their money and their trust was misplaced. You know, in uh, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 5, it says, "Will you set your eyes upon that which is not. In other words, are, are you going to look closely at something that doesn't really have any existence of its own? And it's kind of funny when you think about money, that's exactly what it is. Money is not a material object it's your subjective trust you know all those little uh paper bills that they give you know when you ask what is the thing actually worth it's not actually worth anything it doesn't even make good good firewood but it's your trust in in the uh, solvency of the government that makes it worth something if they lose that trust all of a sudden your money's worthless but he said "Will you set your eyes on that which is not for riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. One day it's here, and the next day it's gone. And if that's where your trust was, what do you do now? What do you do now? You've lost what to you was one of the most important things in your life. And now you've got to do something. You know, some people, they just can't handle the, the, uh, the thought that they don't have anything anymore. Because all of their own self-importance was, was based on that. The money that they had, they thought that made them important. In 1 uh, uh, Timothy chapter six, in verse six, the apostle Paul says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. And that needs an awful lot more attention paid to it than it oftentimes gets. Uh, I I know there are some people who are kind of thinking uh, In this direction because I've I've seen a few things lately uh, And they're talking about consumerism being a problem And they're right The only thing is is I don't know that anybody can fix it Uh, Basically the United States economy is based on people buying things. We have a consumer based economy and so we go and we take the money that we earn, and we buy things that were made by other people so that they'll get money to go out and buy things from other people. Well, if everybody stops buying things, what happens? Everybody gets laid off because they're not having to make things, and everybody gets laid off, they don't have any money, so they can't buy other people's stuff, and then the whole economy falls apart. But at at least on an individual level, we've got to kind of follow along with that uh, anti-consumerism thought that money is not everything. It's not. It's one of those things somebody said, and, and I absolutely believe it to be true, that the less you want, the more you have. You have people who want a lot of stuff. And when they look around at what they have, you know, those are things I want. These are the things I have. The things I have make a pretty small pile. The things I want make a really big one. So I'm poor, because I don't have near all the stuff that I want. And then you have people who say, just exactly like uh, the Apostle Paul did, having food and clothing, therewith be content. If we have enough food, to sustain us, and we have clothing to cover us and a roof over our heads, we're lucky. We're doing well. And we should be happy about it. Because this is one of those things, I don't know how how much uh, you folks follow uh, some of the more uh, recent things that have been going on, uh, like the World Economic Forum. Uh, They caused a big stir back uh, a little while back uh, because they came up with the catchphrase, you will own nothing and you will be happy. So they plan on just a few people in the world owning everything and maybe if we're good, they'll let us use it. That was the point they were making. But I like to think, you know, they, they really hit on the truth, but they don't know it. Because when you stop and think about it, we don't own anything. Everything on this planet belongs to God. It's his. What was that Psalm 50, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine? God, in essence, you, you, you had a, a problem with the, uh, uh, some of the Jews, at least. They were of the opinion that God needed their sacrifices. You know, we are, we are sacrificing for God's benefit. He needs these things. And because he needs these things, then he will take whatever we give him. You know, instead of uh, pulling the best out of my flocks as a sacrifice, I'll go find the ones that aren't worth anything. You know, God needs this. He'll be happy with that. You know, he'll take whatever he can get. And God says, oh, no, I won't because it's all mine anyway. If I was hungry, I would not tell you. And God puts them in their place. He said, people, these things don't belong to you. They belong to me. You get to use them for a while, but guess what's going to happen eventually? You're going to die. You're going to leave it to somebody else. And as Solomon said, who knows if he'll be a wise man or a fool. Imagine the frustration of someone who spends their entire life working really, really hard, doing anything and everything necessary to accumulate wealth, and then they have this huge pile of money, and they die and their relatives waste it all. I spent all my life getting this together and now it's gone. They said, well, you should have thought of that ahead of time. Money is not the be all and the end all here. It can be taken away. We brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we will carry nothing out any riches that we have when this life is over are riches that we have sent ahead we don't get to carry them with us now in verse 9 there in first timothy chapter 6 paul says but those who desire to be rich and that that's the key you know a lot of people like to say that money is the root of all evil uh, and people will usually correct it and say no the love of money is the root of all evil and and that's true but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The love of money is not going to bring happiness. It won't do it. Uh, as, a, uh, uh, as, a, as an exercise sometime, uh, get on your computer and look up any one of a couple of hundred stories about lottery winners. You know, it's one of those things, you know, how many people go into someplace and buy lottery tickets and think, you know, oh, this thing's gotten really big, it's, it's millions and millions of dollars, if I hit this one, Boy, am I set for life. I am going to be so happy. I'm going to have so much money. Everything is going to be great. And then they win. And then five years later, they say, that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. There are people that uh, make a living telling other people how to spend their money and what to do with it. Uh, And they have a saying, five years. They said it doesn't really matter how they came by the money, if they won the lottery, if they're a professional athlete that's retiring or what. It doesn't matter. Five years, either the money's gone or the person's gone, almost always. They said people cannot handle getting a lot of money like that all at once. They just kind of go crazy with it. But there are loads and loads of lottery winners that will tell you winning the lottery was the worst thing that ever happened to them. They thought their life was going one way and it didn't go that way. Things changed and they didn't know it was coming. You have to be prepared for those things. So if you think that your financial situation is the thing that is going to make you secure, then you are sadly mistaken because it won't some people think that uh, you know power political power uh, social power whatever they think being an important person to other people is the thing that's going to give their life meaning and it doesn't you know it's one of those things if you're a politician the one thing that you're always trying to do is get reelected you know I thought I was going to be popular and get elected and I wouldn't have to worry about that stuff anymore I, I really liked a, uh, a comment that was made uh, by a politician back, it was around 2008. A reporter asked him, he says, do you guys not know how to fix this? And he said, well, of course we do. He said, well, what's the problem then? He said, we don't know how to fix it and then get reelected. So if we can't fix it and then get reelected, then we're not going to fix it because getting reelected is the most important thing to us. But eventually, somebody comes along and kicks them out of office, and then, you know, where's their life then? I used to say that Al Gore was uh, groomed to be president of the United States from the day he was born. That's what his parents had in in mind. This is where he's going to be someday. He's going to be the president. And then he got all the way up there almost, and he didn't quite make it and now you know what meaning does his life have now that's where he was headed he didn't get there what's he going to do now life changes we have very very little control over it in first peter chapter 1 verse 24 peter said for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass the grass withers its flower falls away it's gone that's what happens. That's what life does to us. Eventually, we are going to pass from this life, and it, you know, everything, almost anything, can cause problems for us like that. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth, Proverbs 27, verse 1. He says, you don't know what's going to happen. What you have to do is start looking for contentment somewhere else somewhere where it's not going to be affected by these random things that happen from time to time you know there are a lot of things that can happen to us in life you know we can think that we have everything and then the very next day we find out we have a terminal disease we're only going to be here for another couple of months life changed Sometimes we think we, we, have, we have life by the tail. It's all, all ours. You know, nothing can happen to me now. And then you find out that your, your business manager has been stealing money and has fudged the taxes, and now the IRS says everything you have belongs to them. And you're, uh-oh, you know, boy, that changed in a hurry. Or any number of things. Things happen. So what do you do? you look for contentment, for meaning, for happiness somewhere else. You look for it somewhere where these, these random things that happen are not gonna take it away from you. And that's in being a Christian. You know, be, being a Christian is, is one of the absolute greatest things that a person can possibly do for their own peace of mind. You know, there are a lot of people who are always worried. What's, what's going to happen? Somebody's going to try to take my money away from me. Somebody's going to try to take my spouse away from me. I have a big car collection. Somebody's going to try to take that away from me, or the building's going to catch fire or something, and they're worried about this all the time. These are the most important things in my life, and I am scared to death. Somebody's going to come along and take it away. Well, if you don't have those things, you don't worry about it. Like I said, you're not going to get to keep it anyway. It's something that, that God tells us is temporary in nature. It belongs to him. We get to use it, but it isn't ours. It doesn't belong to us. So if we do that and we, we uh, basically embrace the fact that we're not in control, life's a whole lot better. It's a whole lot easier things are not going to be nearly as bad. You know, in uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, it says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now, that doesn't mean that God is going to make us uh, do this, that, or the other. But it does mean that, yes, we we plan what we're going to do, but we had better take into account that this is only going to happen if God allows it to. He is the one that's in complete and total control. So if we get to do it, that's fine. If we don't, then go somewhere else. It's one of those things, I, I knew somebody uh, once upon a time, and, and they had a uh, an outlook on life of, you know, if I were to lose my legs, they might as well just kill me. I have been used to being up and out and around, you know, under my own power for all these years, and if that was taken away from me, I wouldn't have anything, so they might as well just kill me, but I knew somebody else that that used to say they really didn't care what happened, said, you know, if, if, if I am out doing all of these things and enjoying them, and then something happens, I lose my legs, and I can't do those things anymore. He says, I find something else to do. You know, it's not, oh, this is terrible. Oh, woe is me. You know, my life is over. It's, uh, no, it's changed. I just need to find something else to do now. And that's a whole lot better attitude. That's somebody that, that's, their, their mental health is a lot better. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes. And I really like that because I mentioned this morning that that things in this country do not look good. I mean, they don't. When you start looking at some of this stuff and you start digging into it uh, in some detail, you look at it and you say, this is not going to end well. This is going to be bad. And then you think, well, if I was the one in charge, maybe it would, but I don't have anything to do with that. God's the one that decides. One of the greatest things about being a Christian is you can pass the worry off to somebody else. Give it to God. God will take care of it. And that's something that uh, we really need to spend some time doing. Uh, you know, we, we, we pray to God and we ask God to help us in, in problems that we have you know, whether they're health, financial, who knows what. Uh, But we we pray and we ask God for his help, but then we act like we don't expect to get it. You know, yes, I prayed for God to help me in this, but, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if God's going to do it. I don't know if he can do it. I don't know if he will do it. And, uh, you know, (laughs) James said, you know, if you're a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, don't bother to ask for anything because you're not going to get it if you go into it and you pray for God to do something for you but you have a doubt as to whether he can or not now not whether he will or not that's a different thing but you doubt whether God can do this James said forget it you're not going to get anything because you're well maybe he will maybe he won't maybe he can maybe he can't I don't know When you go in in prayer to God, asking him for these things, you say, yes, I know God can do it. I just don't know whether he will do it, because I don't know if it's better for me to have this or not. You know, the Apostle Paul went to God three times, asking for his uh, thorn in the flesh to be removed. We don't really know what it was. I've got my own ideas. doesn't really matter one way or the other. We know that it was bothering Paul enough that he prayed to God three times for this to be taken away. Paul thought that he would be a better preacher without it, and so he asked God to take it away, and God said, no, it's better for you to have it. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, well, instead of asking him to take it away, I'm going to glory in it now. You see, we don't know. Is this something that God wants to happen or not? I don't know. I know what God can do. I just don't always know what God will do. There are times when bad things happen, and it's better that it did. You know, if if you give it some thought, uh, think back years passed in your life when something bad happened and then kind of you know follow the trail from there okay this was really bad when it happened because that happened then this happened and because that happened this happened and then just follow the chain and see if you're not better off than you would have been a lot of times you will be you know I thought that was really bad at the time But if that had not happened, I would not be where I am now. And where I am now is the proper place for me to be. So it was right. It was good for me to be there. I thought it was bad. God knew better. He did what was necessary. You know, we don't have any idea really uh, what is going to go on in this life. We don't know on a personal level. We don't know on a You know, in the community, we don't know about it nationally or worldwide as far as that goes. You know, for all I know, God is going to destroy the world tonight. I don't know. And it's not my concern. But what we should do is people tend, when they do think about bad things happening, uh, they go through a process. It's kind of a risk assessment. Uh, You think about this happening, and then you think, okay, what are the odds that that's going to happen? Is it something that really could happen, or is it just just a really tiny, small chance that it will happen? And then we kind of grade things on what are the odds that it will happen. And then we think, well, what are the consequences going to be if it does happen and I'm not prepared for it? If there's a really small chance and it's not going to be that big of a deal, even if it does happen, forget it. You know, I'll deal with it when it comes. But if it's something big, you know, what are the chances that my house is going to catch fire? Well, they're not all that great, but they could happen. What are the consequences if my house catches fire and I'm not prepared? They're pretty bad. You know, if if I don't have insurance, I'm going to be in big trouble. So we will go ahead and spend the money to get the insurance just in case. So you're you're looking at the likelihood that something will happen and how severe are the consequences going to be if it does happen. And you're willing to spend more money, the worse the consequences and the more likely the event. So now think about this. If you have an event that is absolutely certain to take place, and the consequences will be absolutely eternal. How much preparation do you think you ought to be making for that one? Because all, all of, all of the, uh, the, the doubt, all of the questioning, uh, you know, are these things going to change? When it comes to that point, it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. When it comes to that, we had better be prepared. It's certain to happen, and the consequences, if we are not prepared, are I mean, they're not even worth thinking about. You don't want to. Just be prepared. They e- are eternal in nature. You know, sometimes life throws you a curve. You don't know what's going to happen. And we do know that, you know, things can change without notice. But trust in God, be prepared for that one catastrophic event. That is guaranteed to happen, and everything is going to come out right. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Forget about the changeability of life. Forget about the changeability of people. Just leave it all in God's hands. It'll all work out eventually. It may be that there's someone here this evening that's not a Christian. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, you could come forward, confessing your faith in Jesus as the Son of God, and you could be baptized to have your sins washed away. Or perhaps you're an erring child of God. You've done something that has separated you from God. If that be the case, you can go to God in prayer, confess the sin to him from a repentant heart, and ask him to forgive you. And he's promised to do that. If your sin is public in nature, then your repentance should be public as well so that you'll not bring shame and reproach upon the church. Or it could be that You just need to come forward and ask for the prayers of those that are gathered here for some other reason. Whatever your need is, would you come forward and make it known while together we stand and sing.